0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here. Today FM. So it's time to go to the movies with Ro McDermott, movies editor of Hot Press. And we have three big releases to talk about. And let's start, Ro, by talking about Don't Worry, Darling, which has, of course, been a talking point for some weeks now about off screen dramas. But what is this movie about before you actually assess it for us, please?
1: Uh, so basically, uh, there's a suburb, it's 1950s America, or what looks like 1950s America. It's an incredibly beautiful sun area surrounded by high desert, and it's a, a neighbourhood called Victory, California, and they all seem really enviable, fortunate, and attractive, including Alice and Jack Chambers, who are a married couple played by Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, and their high life that is so beautifully aesthetic is funded by uh, Harry Styles' Mysterious Jobs in the Nearby Victory Project, which is... Uh, a mysterious organization run by Frank, played by Chris Pine, this kind of suave and smiling founder, except everything about it is quite mysterious. The men go off to work for Chris Pine, who's almost like a cult god-like figure. Um, while the wives stay at home, they keep their houses beautiful, they tend to children if they have some, they drink a lot of margaritas, lounge by the pool, and talk about each other. And one of the mothers that they end up talking about is Margaret, played by Kiki Lane, who used to be friendly with the women, but then one day wandered out into the desert, knowing that it was strictly forbidden, and now appears to have lost her mind. Everyone's talking about how she's delusional, but Alice, Alice, Played by Florence Pugh, somehow begins to suspect that maybe Margaret is onto something and something nefarious is going on, starts investigating herself. And similarly, everybody starts accusing her of being crazy. But it's whether she knows something that is going on or whether she is, in fact, losing her mind remains a big question over the film.
0: Let's hear a clip from the movie. But in this scene, at a dinner party, Alice, played by Florence Pugh, points out that something isn't right about people's lives and victory. <laughs> Violet, where are you from? Pardon? I said, where are you from? Philadelphia.
1: Hmm. I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I, didn't that. That. I didn't know that. You know I like most <laughs> of the women
0: here are from Philadelphia. Or Baltimore. Or Chicago. I haven't noticed. Mm. You got no one thing? anything? I for one do not miss yeah, the winters. Yeah. No, no, no. I thrive in the sunshine, even though I'm alabaster skin. Oh, I love the sunshine. I love the beach. Mm-hmm. What was the last beach you went to? Oh, fun fact about the beach! I read this. Yeah, beaches are actually some of the filthiest places in the whole world. It's just a sandbox of disease. Peter, <laughs> don't
1: say disease. It's the true. Oh. They need to
0: know. I could probably guess: Hilton Head, Cape Cod, or the Jersey Shore. And we all honeymooned in Sea Island or the Poconos or Niagara Falls. I think those are popular honeymoon destinations. Expensive. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you, uh, you didn't finish your story. Mm. Bill over here is probably one of the worst sorry, golf sorry, players I'm have... I'm not quite God. finished. Violet, where did you meet Bill? We met on a train. To Boston. Boston. Yeah. Cute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped your ticket, and he bent down, picked it up, gave it to you, right? It is, yeah. That's how Margaret met Ted. And, Peg, am I right in thinking that that's how Debbie McIntyre met her husband? Yes, I am.
1: That's how they met. Yes. Peg. That's true. Well, I'm, just, I'm jealous, honestly. It's a wow. sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not funny. It's a coincidence. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. There are
0: only really so many different stories that we're told. We're told what we remember until we try to remember things that they want us to forget. So much hype about it, Ro. Is it any good?
1: Let's start with the good stuff. It looks beautiful. It's a uh, photograph by uh, Matthew Liberty, and he really plays into the gorgeous colours, the beautiful dresses, the fashion of 1950s America, playing of course on something that we all loved for Mad Men but also playing with the tinge of the cultural undercurrents there that are really disturbing. I think there's really interesting ideas about how our society are kind of increasingly invested in these cult psychology movements and the uh, personality cults that we can see with leaders like Trump and the tribal mindsets that divide people but also make kind of utopian ideals of let's set up our own society really really interesting so there's interesting stuff there and Florence Pugh is just one of the best actresses of her generation best actors non-stop of her generation she's so instinctive and natural and talented and this is the kind of role Play. someone who is incredibly strong but also vulnerable and is kind of challenging people around her but feels scared at the same time and it's such a gorgeous performance unfortunately she's up against Harry Styles now I will say Harry Styles does his best. He's trying very hard. It's impressive he's in a film but she is just such a natural actor that I think his kind of actor-in-training um, kind of slightly stilted style is kind of highlighted by how brilliant she is. If he was in a different film, I think he'd get away with a lot more. Um, but I think the problem for me is we are now kind of saturated with these kind of socio-political satires and really interesting things. There's a reboot of The Twilight Zone. We have Jordan Peele constantly making films like Get Out. Uh, we have Black Mirror. So we're kind of tuned into these kind of dystopian films that have twists and turns and I think the script just isn't enough to snuff. It telegraphs things far too early. Um, It kind of gives away that there's something nefarious going on and so you're immediately guessing from the offset and that can be okay. Like A film doesn't have to have a major twist for it to still be effective but it's not smart enough or layered enough for the payoffs to be what they should be. The early scenes are really, really good. I was really invested in it but it's just not as smart as it needed to be and unfortunately i think with all of the drama and the behind the scenes gossip there's so much attention on this and people's expectations are really high because olivia wilde directed book smart which was brilliant and smart and funny and beloved but i think the genre shift from comedy to kind of this socio-political more serious film the material isn't there unfortunately so i think it's really fun to look at i think there's interesting stuff i think you'll have a good conversation afterwards i think florence Pugh is absolutely a joy to watch but yeah, a little bit too much hype for a mediocre film.
0: Let's move on to another movie that's getting an enormous amount of publicity, a lot of expectation for Blonde, starring Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe, based on a brilliant novel by Joyce Carol Oates from around the turn of the century. But I'm not hearing great reviews of this particular movie, suggestions that a movie about the exploitation of Marilyn Monroe is in itself exploitative. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, I've heard arguments and I appreciate the place they're coming from. I think you have to be really careful when you're dealing with someone who was so exploited throughout their entire life. But I think that's something that Andrew Dominic, the director, is incredibly aware of. His film is about exploitation. It's about our fetish, fetishization of celebrity and how we can really mistreat people, particularly women in the public eye. So this is really it's not even about Marilyn Monroe. It's about Norma Jean, the woman trapped inside the idea and image of Marilyn Monroe. It's about the gaze that was on the glossy product of Marilyn Monroe um, and how Norma Jean, the person behind her, was so heavily manipulated and manhandled and became kind of consumed by her sexpot caricature. And so I think it's a really interesting film. It's brutal in a lot of ways. Visually, it's really interesting. Andrew Dominic plays with a lot of fractured visuals. He moves from black and white to colour again. Sometimes Marilyn Monroe will be moving through a crowd and the faces of the crowd will be distorted their mouths will be getting wider as if they're trying to consume her so it's kind of always jarring and disconcerting which i think is really interesting there's also a lot of abuse there's blood and bruises and abuse and screaming and far more of that than there is sex for example and i think that's the line where andrew dominic is saying this is about exploitation this isn't perpetuating exploitation and i think for a lot of the film it works really well however the film is two hours and 46 minutes long, which is far too long for most films. And definitely, when you constantly have a woman who's on screen crying or being manhandled, being abused, there is a certain point where it feels gratuitous. And certainly, the last hour of the film, it kind of becomes a bit much and overbearing. And it's not because Andrew Dominic is doing anything wrong and showing how she was, but just it can become all consuming. But I will say, Anna de Armas is glorious in this film. I've seen some criticism saying her accent slips in and you can hear her native Cuban accent but Andrew uh, Gary Oldman's accent always slips never every film he does and nobody cares. I think she really captures the essence of this woman who is constantly performing girlishness or sexpot caricature and is trying to find a way to be authentic when nobody really wants her to. She's wide-eyed and she's vulnerable and she's really immersed in this role. So I think it's a flawed film but I think it's actually quite interesting but I will say it's hard going and so don't go along thinking this film about Marilyn Monroe will be fun and sexy it's really intense
0: this is not a straightforward biopic by any means is it?
1: no it's not even a biopic it's really about our role as a culture in celebrity so it's it's less about marilyn monroe it's about norma Jean, but it's the way she was mistreated and so it's definitely not the kind of sanitized version of bohemian rhapsody for example that we've seen and i think it's interesting that it's going against we've had this influx of movies about you know famous musicians and celebrities and these sanitized biopics that are crowd pleasers this is the absolute antithesis of that and i think for someone like marilyn monroe this was perhaps the most responsible way to do it. I don't think the execution is as responsible as it needed to be. But I think the idea of saying we need to talk about exploitation is interesting. A flawed film, a very difficult film, but a really interesting one, I think. And a really great performance from Anna Darmis.
0: And finally, what is it is, it is in us all?
1: This is the directorial debut from Antonia Campbell-Hughes, who is an incredible Northern Irish actress, uh, who always picks really, really interesting projects. And she's written and directed this, and it stars um, Cosmo Jarvis, who people would know, he actually was in Lady Macbeth with Florence Pugh, but it's about two strangers connected by a lethal car accident. We have Evan, who is Reese Mannion, a 17-year-old local who is a bit of a boy racer, and he and his friend are boy racing around Donegal when they crash into Hamish, played by Cosmo Jarvis, who is an Urban London professional and he is in Northern Ireland to check out the house bequeathed to him by his late aunt and it's a the relationship these two men form with each other the 17 year old Evan and Cosmo Jarvis Cosmo Jarvis he's such an alienated character he seems very disconnected from everybody he has you know he's renting a car and the woman behind the desk tries to flirt with him and he shuts down so coldly that you get the sense he is really incapable of receiving any form of affection or flirtation or connection with anybody physically he's incredibly repressed and still and always in control but when he has this crash something kind of breaks within him and he's wandering around Donegal and he's trying to figure out both the relationship he had with his mother and why he couldn't come back here with her when she wanted him to and then he's watching the 17 year old boy he's much more freer in He's kind of his sexuality is fluid. He dances really beautifully with his friends. He's much more open, and it's almost about Hamish and Evan's relationship. Hamish mourning or grieving this adolescence he didn't have, and Evan developing this kind of metaphysically tinged crush on Hamish, this man who was involved in a crash that killed his his friend. So it's a really interesting film, and Antonia Campbell Hughes she's made really interesting decisions about the visuals, about the feel of the film. It feels it's it kind of clowns constantly clouded in gray and brown it constantly feels alienating there's an incredible kind of almost sinister score that underlines a sense of alienation Um, but it's a really interesting idea about two men who don't have a lot of female presence in their lives forming connections and learning how to communicate through their emotions with each other so a really interesting quiet meditation on masculinity Um, i think it's really interesting visually beautiful i think the screenplay could have done with a little bit more depth or revealed a little bit more us a little bit more about the characters but I think it's a really interesting atmospheric film and I think for a film set in Ireland where we're usually like green and beautiful it's a really interesting alienating take so it's a really impressive debut from Antonio Campbell Hughes
0: It is in us all thank you very much Roe McDermott Movies Editor of Hot Press for joining us here on The Last Word on Today FM The Last
1: Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 30.